Thank you for listening to the Celebration Church podcast. For more information about Celebration Church, go to ccacron.org. There you will find information about our church, upcoming events, and how to make a contribution to the ministry of Celebration Church. We hope this message is an encouragement to you. Hallelujah. You may be seated if you want. You know, I'm from Africa. When I do my crusades, we don't have any chairs. We don't have any benches. People are standing for hours, for hours, for hours, and for hours. And if they can't stand, they will sit down in the dust. They don't care. They're there to receive. But of course, in in U.S., you have your chairs and you're you're very comfortable. (laughs) And it's good. It's good. And and my wife and I are so blessed being allowed to, to worship with you. Yesterday and today is just a blessing for us. A Tuesday, we fly out and go back to Africa. And uh, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, I will do my, my seminar with my co-workers. Uh, two times a year, I have a seminar for all my co-workers. Uh, and the Bible school students. Um, and uh, the following week, we will fly out again, go to Amman, Jordan. Uh, Muslim nation and preach the gospel. It's amazing. It's just amazing. Uh, for, for all the years we have spent 42 years in Tanzania, we have many Muslims, but they're going to a Muslim nation and preach the gospel is some different. We were the last year and all the time we were there, we were crying. Uh, I mean, uh, we we're crying because it was it, the presence of the Lord and the Holy Spirit was so strong, unbelievable. None of us like pressure, but you know, pressure sometimes can be good. I'm not praying that God would put you in a corner and put you in pressure, some hardship, but sometimes it's necessary. Sometimes we we become too comfortable. No, not a single amen. (laughs) But I'm telling you, when, when, as in Amman, the pastor, he never knows when the security picks him up. Bring him to the office and interrogate him. But until now, they haven't been able to, to do something to him. He's bold like a lion, full of the Holy Ghost. And many, 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 many of the stories, testimonies, was touching us. When you are threatened, when, when, when they want to kill you. When, when they take everything away from you, your business, your house, your cars, your money, everything just, before, just because you're a Christian, it's, it, you, you will be under pressure. But when a church is under that pressure, the presence of the Lord is even stronger. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. Amen? I, I, I mean, it's nothing about me. It's everything about Jesus. But, but I, I remember we, in Tanzania, we have refugees. And we have refugees from Congo, from um, Rwanda, Burundi, and even now we have many refugees from Burundi. Uh, and uh, after the, the killings in the 90s in, in, in Rwanda, so many refugees came to, to Tanzania. And, and I was the only one being allowed into the camp, not just into the camp, 
but to, to, to put up my equipment and having a crusade. Wow. The only one. And every day killings were going on, even in the camp. Uh, and it was a big camp with a little bit more than 100,000 people. So when I, the first day I was protected by the army, military machine guns. They were all over surrounding my platform because they were scared to death. But as I start to preach the gospel, even the military uh, personnel, they got relaxed. Just relaxed. They were not tense anymore. Because there's power in the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I couldn't give an altar call because there were no room uh, in front of my... We tried to make room in front of my stage. But it was impossible because I had 100,000 people pressing forward. So I couldn't give an altar call. So when I asked if somebody wanted to receive Jesus, <laughs> I mean, it was a forest of hands. A forest. Forest. Six months later, six months later, the, 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 the government of Tanzania, they kicked them out of the, uh, of the camp and returned them home because in the middle of the camp uh, there were the organizers of the former government who organized the killing, the genocide. And even my interpreter, a pastor, unbelievable, he, he wouldn't go home so he hang himself. I mean, don't get me wrong. Don't, I don't want you to kick me out of Akron <laughs> because you get, get angry at me. I don't want that. But I, I, why did he hang himself? I don't know. Maybe he had blood on his hands. I don't know. I don't know. Or maybe he was so scared he wouldn't go back home. I don't know. But I know one thing. When, when Christians are under pressure, God is always showing up. So maybe we should pray, God, put pressure on USA. No, I don't, I don't want that. I don't want to do that. But I, I, I just want one thing. I want to see this building packed. Not just on the floor, but upstairs as well. Packed, every service, even for prayer meetings. And if you're a Christian and you don't want the church building to be packed, there's something wrong with you. I'm not asking for forgiveness for that point. <laughs> and revival is uncomfortable. Absolutely. For our flesh. It is. It is. I mean, when I read my Bible, so many men and women, they got killed. Because they were believers. I don't want to be killed. I don't like to be killed. I never tried it. I don't know how it is. <laughs> but I have people always threatening me. They want to kill me. But the strange thing, I'm, I'm, it's nothing about me, so, so don't get me wrong, but it's, it's somehow strange for the human brain that when you're in a situation where people plan to kill you, you're not afraid. You're not afraid. Something is happening to you, and that something happening to you, it's not me, but it's him. Yeah. He promised to be with us all the days. Whatever is happening around us, through us, with us, he is there together with us. Yeah. Amen? Amen? But if you only sit in your rocking chair, and remembering the good old days, I investigated the good old days. The good old days wasn't that good. You only forgot it. 
You only remember the good stuff. Amen? Amen. Amen. So, um, <laughs> hallelujah. Glory to God. I didn't know anything about Akron. <laughs> but now I know. In Acts chapter 10, 38. Acts chapter 10, 38. You know about Jesus from Nazareth. I could stop there. Do you know about Jesus? What do you know about Jesus? Many people know something about Jesus. But it's very important you know the right stuff about Jesus. Uh, I, I did a crusade in, in a, a Muslim-controlled city in Tanzania, village in Tanzania. And uh, the leading imam, the leader of the mosque, the leader of the Muslims, he came and he greeted me. He attended the crusade, and this is, this is very seldom. They are there, but they hide themselves. I like this gentleman, so I invited him to sit on the platform together with me. And one day, I, I told him, would you like to greet the people? It's my meeting. I wasn't afraid of anything. Uh, and, and, and he, I mean, he was, very, uh, he was very gentle. He was very nice. So he greeted people, and I really liked him. So Sunday, Saturday night, I invited him uh, for dinner after the crusade meeting. And I, I told him, you can bring some of your colleagues. So they came. And you know, the Muslims can't eat any meat if it's slaughtered by the Christians. It has to be slaughtered by the Muslims. It's called halal. But you see, in the presence of the Lord, they forgot to ask the question if the meat was slaughtered by the Christians. And the ate and the ate and the ate a mountain of food. <laughs> and Africans, they can eat more than you. <laughs> I tell you. I don't know how they get it down, but I mean, and they were burping. That's legal in some cultures in, in the world today. And, and in Africa, it's legal. And they, they did it loud. So even in the kitchen, they could hear it. <laughs> they, they appreciate your food. So now the evening was over and he came to me. He wanted to say good night and thank you. And then he said, I have a question for you. I said, ask him. He said, Egon, every day when I listen to you preaching, everything is about Jesus, 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 and Jesus. What else should I preach? I don't know. <laughs> and then he asked the question, have you ever with your physical eyes seen Jesus? In an instant, without thinking. And I know it was the Holy Spirit I thank God for the Holy Spirit. He is more clever than me. I'm not that clever, but he is clever. Very clever. And I said, sir, I will, I will answer that question. But before I answer the question, I have a question for you. And he looked at me. Spit it out. I said, sir, every time I listen to you in your mosque, it's about the holy prophet Muhammad, 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 Muhammad. Sir, have you ever with your physical eyes seen Muhammad? In a split of a second, I could see the fire in his eyes. But then he behaved and he laughed. He said, Egon, just forget about it. You're too smart. Have a good night. And then he left me. <laughs> You know about Jesus from Nazareth. 
I have heard about people, I've read stories, testimonies. Jesus showed up in the living room. Jesus showed up in, in the office. Jesus showed up and they saw him. I think that's unfair. Most of my life I have served him. 42 years I've spent in Africa. I haven't seen him yet. I have told him that's unfair. I mean, I'm not perfect, just ask my wife. She knows. But I'm not a bad sinner either. I'm a forgiven sinner. But some of those people telling the story, testimony, and I trust them, I believe them, they're telling the truth. They were so bad sinners. I mean, even more bad than I. And then Jesus showed up, and they saw him, heard his voice. Me, I've been the good boy, missionary. Preaching about him all the time, all the time. And they don't show up. What is wrong with Jesus? <laughs> so the question for this uh, Iman, the, the leader of the Muslim community, really helped me. Because I came to the conclusion, I don't need, I don't have to see him, Jesus, with my physical eyes. I believe him. But not only I believe him, I see his works. I see what he's doing. And the works testify that Jesus, he is alive. Testify that the word is real. Hebrews chapter 13, 8 tells us he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. You can never ever say that. Give the testimony about any human being. Because day by day we get older. Yeah. Amen? Amen? You women, you are fantastic. <laughs> and I do mean it. I mean, I'm, I'm married to a grandma. When, when she's in the, in the morning, have time for it, go to the bathroom. Half an hour. I can't understand what she is doing. Half an hour. And she's not sick. I mean, I can spend half an hour if I'm sick. But if I'm not sick, 10 minutes more than enough. But my wife, half an hour. But I understand that when she comes out of the bathroom, wow. She don't look like an old grandma anymore. I love that. And please continue to do it. But somehow it's cheating. Because when the evening comes, she go back to the bathroom and take a shower. All is gone. But Jesus never changed. Jesus never changed. He's still the same. Why? Because he conquered our worst enemy. He conquered death. He never get older. You know about Jesus from Nazareth. Number one, he is our savior. I said, he is our savior. As I told you last night, every crusade, uh, the opening day, I have a, uh, some uh, government authorities, high-ranking authorities coming and opening the crusade. Sometimes they're Muslims, sometimes they're nominal Christians, sometimes 
Perhaps they are born again Christians, spiritual. Now I had one guy coming and he was a Lutheran, belonged to the Lutheran church. He wasn't born again, but he was a Christian. He came quite early, so we were sitting. I gave him a, a, a Coke and, and he was speaking, speaking, talking. And I said, oh, you know, Dr. Egan, in the world there are so many religions. And I believe if people just worship him, having a religion, at the end of the day, God will let them into heaven and in Africa, you have great respect for the leaders. So, and especially me, I mean, I'm white. Uh, I'm not born there. So I have to show respect. So, but suddenly I, I thought, no, 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 I can't allow him to talk, talk to me like this. I invited him. And he is a Christian. I'm a Christian too. So I said, sir, please forgive me. Maybe you forget you are talking to a preacher. What you're telling me is not in the Bible. I don't know how you read your Bible. And he looked at me. It's not in the Bible. In the Bible, the Bible tells me there's only one Savior. His name is Jesus. There's only one name given to us people who we can get, uh, we can receive salvation. There's only one way, only one road. There's only one door. Then he looked at me and said, I'm so sorry. Please forgive me. I'm so ignorant when it comes to the Bible. So even Christians belonging to a church denomination can be ignorant. You know about Jesus. You have to know about Jesus. Not just hear something about Jesus. You have to know about Jesus. I met my wife the first, yeah, first of August 1965. We were teenagers. I, I'm shortening this down. I'm not telling you everything about it. Because you're not supposed to do everything about it. But from that very moment. About 10 o'clock in the evening. Sunday night. For the very first time. I took her hand. And I gave her the first kiss. Until today. What, what did I say? I gave her the first kiss. Yes. Yes. It was the first kiss. <laughs> I know her better today. Than in the beginning. Because we live together, we walk together, and we sleep together. Hallelujah. <laughs> oh, it's not in my notes. <laughs> oh, that, that, that's legal. We are married. So, you know about Jesus. And in your knowledge about Jesus, you have to grow. When I started uh, in my ministry, I know a little. But today, I know even more. So sometimes I meet people, Christians, they tell me, oh, I know everything. Good night. Go home and sleep. You don't know anything. Absolutely nothing. I'm still learning about Jesus. Jesus is surprising me. I mean, I'm not telling you not to read the Bible. So, of course, you're supposed to read the Bible. This is the word of the Lord. But, but even sometimes, you know, it can be difficult to understand the Bible. But still, even if you don't understand everything in the Bible, you can know about Jesus. Number one, are you born again? No, I'm born Christian. No, 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 no. I'm not talking about you being born a Christian. Muslims are born Muslims too. I know many Muslims. They are very nice people. Some of them are even more nice than Christians. But not all Muslims are nice people. Those who are not nice, they follow the Quran. 
and you are an infidel and they are supposed to kill you and if they kill you they, they will be blessed in heaven I don't know what kind of heaven it is but uh, I'm not going there today you have to make sure that you know Jesus is your savior and if you are born saved means born again if anyone is in Christ Jesus, the old has passed and everything has become new. You are a new creation. You know it. Yeah. Even in the middle of the night or in the middle of the morning when you are sleeping and they wake you up and they ask you if you are born again. Yes, I am born again. I know it. I know Jesus is my Savior. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, even Saturday and of course Sunday in church. All the time. All the time. All the time. Know about Jesus. So, I'm still learning about Jesus. And when you read about Jesus, when he walked on our earth, he did something sometimes very strange to the religious people. Don't, 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 don't shout me down. Don't get angry. Because if you get angry, it's not my problem, it's your problem. And then when you're angry or not, you don't feel good. I mean, it happens I get angry, I feel terrible. Do you listen to me? When you read the, the Gospels, you see Jesus did something that, that the non, non-believers, they liked it. They loved it. But the religious society hated it. Think about Jesus on a Saturday, he healed people. On, on the Sabbath. It's not allowed to work. But it wasn't work. He just spoke. Everybody on the Sabbath is speaking. Many of the, of the people on the Sabbath is speaking more than every other days. He met the guy in the, in the, in the synagogue and, and his arm was death. I mean, it, it, something happened to it. Even if, I don't know if it was born, but it didn't work. But Jesus just spoke his word. Lift your arm and it became alive. They, 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 they grabbed that woman in, uh, caught in adultery, you know. Brought her to Jesus. Jesus, the word. Moses, the prophets, tell us to stone her. What are you going to do, Jesus? How stupid could you be? Where's the second part? Where's the male part? Can a female do adultery by herself? There was another part. Where was the other part? They caught her in the act. I mean, not by thinking, but in the act. They let him go. So Jesus, I don't know what is wrote in the sand. I read books about the people think he wrote this and that. I don't care about it. No, none of us know what he wrote, but I know what he did and what he said. Where are your accusers? She looked around. They were gone, all of them. No, me. I'm not accusing you. But leave and do not return to your sin. I mean, he did, he did, he did strange things. He went to a wedding. Have you been to a wedding? At least to your own. Cultures are different, you know. And the, and the Jewish culture about wedding, they serve wine. Wine. But 
When they served wine, it was just a smaller quantity of wine, and, and it was the perfect, perfect, wonderful wine. I mean, I'm not telling you go and drink wine. I'm not telling you go and drink beers. I don't, I don't tell you go and get drunk. I'm not trying to do that. But I'm just sticking to, to, to the truth. And, and some people tell me it, it, was, it was Jews. No, it wasn't Jews. You don't get by Jews. That's impossible. So in the Jewish culture, even today, even today, they served the quality wheel wine in the beginning, but in a small amount. And when they, they, when they had enough of it, they took it away and gave them some kind of juice wine so they couldn't get drunk. I, I don't know where I'm going. It's dangerous. I know it's dangerous. Now, now, now they, were, they miscalculated. There were no more drinks and they came to Jesus. No, they came to Mary. And by the way, if you're a Catholic, God bless you. But listen to Mary. She got irritated. Then. Why are you coming to me? Go to him. Go to him. So they went to Jesus. They wanted Jesus to do a miracle. And they wanted the miracle in their way. But Jesus said, go and pick up some water. Just not ordinary water. They had they had the. the, the that water they used to, to cleansing themselves, some kind of religious water. And you can't drink that water. And he said, go and pick it up. No, no, it was normal water and put it in the whatever it's called. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Okay, and of course he couldn't do it. And then he said, bring it to, to the guy who's testing the water. I mean, they were quality of it. And they were sure, now we, we will get fired there. And they, and they withdrew us out of our religious society. We can't go and worship anymore. But because Jesus said and they had a problem, they did it. And when he tested the water, it, it wasn't water. It became wine, but not ordinary wine. It was the best wine. So what is my point? My point is, even from now on, the best is still in store for you if you know Jesus. If you know Jesus, the best is in store. And maybe you don't understand it. Maybe your religious society don't understand it. Maybe the society don't understand it, don't care about it. If Jesus will want to do it, let him do it. Amen? Amen? So you know about Jesus. I'm stuck here, but I have to, I have to try to continue. God, God, I mean, God... Not Uncle Sam. God made him the Christ. It means the anointed one. By giving. He was anointed by God. By giving the Holy Spirit. And the power. So no, no, not you. I'm not talking about you. But I'm talking about some other Christians. You know, No, we don't believe in the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit was only for the first Christians. You're drunk. <laughs> but not by the holy wine. But the own holy wine. If Jesus, the son of God, needed the anointing. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. So what about me and you? Yeah. If Jesus needed the Holy Spirit. Jesus, the son of God. So what about you and me? 
We don't need the Holy Spirit. I tell you, we need the Holy Spirit. He, God made him the Christ, the anointed one, by giving him the Holy Spirit. And listen, Holy Spirit and power. You see, when you study the word, the Holy Spirit and power is connected to each other. It will never be departed. Holy Spirit and power. I love the power. Oh, I do. I'm living in Africa. If I lived over here, I would have a big Harley Davidson, I tell you. Please forgive me. I would still preach the gospel. But because I live in Africa, I can't have a Harley Davidson. So I'm crucifying myself. But but when I hear, I walk on the road or somewhere in the U.S. and suddenly I hear, vroom, 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 vroom. oh, my attention is going over there. <laughs> it's not the, only the voice. It's the voice of power. Amen. 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 Uh, by the way, I never had a motorbike. My dad would never pay for a motorbike. But I, I got the license and my uncle, he had a motorbike. And, and he said, you can use mine all the time. Just pick it up anytime you want it. So now, um, Anna and I, were, we, we, were, we were good friends and uh, I want to give her a drive. It was the old type. It's a long time ago, you know. And, and behind, me, behind me, she was sitting there and there was a, whatever you call it, something, leather to put your hands in to hold and, and I, I, of course, for your security. But I had another plan. <laughs> and finally, I figured that out. So one day, <laughs> I said, jump the motorbike. And she was holding. And then I put in the first gear. And boom, boom. And then I speeded up. And, and the front tire went up in the air. And, uh, and the plan works. She grabbed me. <laughs> I like that power. So, no, I'm not going to teach you about the Holy Spirit because we're never finished. But the Holy Spirit and power, power is connected to the Holy Spirit. Without the Holy Spirit, there's no power. Even the Word of God becomes some kind of, have some kind of weaknesses if the Holy Spirit is not connected. Hmm. You can make a nice Christian speech. A sermon, but there's no power. People are not getting saved. Miracles are not happening. Sick people are not getting healed. And the demons, oh, they are happy, happy, happy. Go on and preach it nicely like you do. <laughs> but as soon as connected to the Holy Spirit, the demons fears the power. Even before you start to pray against the demons, they are reacting. Why? Because the fire of power touched them. The Holy Spirit and fire. So you know about Jesus. What do you know about Jesus? Jesus was a Holy Ghost guy. He was. He was full of the Holy Ghost. And then he shocked them all. He told them one day, I'm leaving. Peter and John and all of them. No, 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 you can't leave. We have a good time. The demons are fleeing and, and, and miracles are happening. The sick are getting healed. And, 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 and you do all that. You can't leave. That, but then they, they didn't understand it. Then, then they told me, I'm not leaving. Then the Holy Spirit can come to you. So he left. He's still here. 
I will not leave you fatherless. He is here by the Spirit. The same Spirit. It's not a different Spirit. It's the same Spirit God the Father gave His Son, Jesus Christ. It's the same Spirit and the same power He is giving to you and to me. There's no difference. But sometimes it's so mind-blowing. And we put ourselves down there when he wants us up there. It's the same anointing, the same Holy Spirit, the same power he gave to his son Jesus. Now Jesus is giving it to you and to me. So if Jesus was the Holy Ghost writer. I don't know, maybe over here. Yeah, I know over here. In general, I was in Norway. I was invited to, 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 to share with the Holy Ghost writers. They're the opposite of uh, Hell's Angels. Some of them look like the guys of Hell's Angels. But they are saved, have received the power of the Holy Ghost. Oh, I love that power. That power. What kind of power? I'm, I'm trying not to, don't, don't worry, I'm not going too long. <clears throat> Acts chapter 2, Acts chapter 2. Jesus was in, Jesus was involved in Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2 would never happen if Jesus didn't go to heaven. So Jesus is, is, is connected to Acts chapter 2. What happened? You know the story. Jesus left and they were terrified. Now they came together, 120 people like us today. Praying together in the upper room in Jerusalem. And suddenly, I like that suddenly. I love surprises. I do. If you don't like surprises, you are, you're dead. <laughs> Every human being, being alive, loves surprises. I had a birthday some a couple of years ago, and my wife, she really surprised me. Oh, my goodness. Whew. She told me, tomorrow, 3 o'clock in the afternoon, you'll be ready to put on your hat and your pants. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I mean, she meant being nice. Just not ordinary, but extraordinary. So, she, I was ready. <laughs> I don't know how you interpret me. <laughs> so I was ready. She came up with her car. I jumped in the car. I didn't know where we were going. And she took me to a very nice, beautiful lodge. And it's so expensive. Normally, I wouldn't go there. But she made a deal with the, with the manager. And at the end of the day, she hardly paid anything. $100 for everything. For 24 hours. I mean, it costs $1,000 per person normally. And I mean, she pampered me. I, I can't go into details because then I can't finish my preaching. But it, I mean, I like surprises. And when she went over to the office to pay and they told her, no, you don't need to pay all that money. Give us $100. She was surprised too. And I believe God has a surprise for you. Suddenly. Surprises are connected to suddenly. 
you don't know about it, you didn't plan for it. Maybe you were thinking a little bit about it, but suddenly it happened. And suddenly can happen today. You can walk out of this building knowing you are born again and forgiven. You can walk out of this building and knowing you are healed to your body. You can walk out of your building and knowing you are cared for even your finances, your family, whatever. Suddenly, suddenly, it tells me we have to expect. If you know Jesus, you have to expect something to happen all the time. Not just the ordinary. I go to church, I go home. No, no, I go to church. No, no, no. I wake up in the morning. On the way to the church, I pass by uh, Starbucks. I get my coffee. Because I'm in the U.S. And after church service, don't preach so long. Because I want to go for lunch. <laughs> just the ordinary stuff. But I tell you, if you know about Jesus, there's no ordinary stuff about Jesus. Of course, he loves order. And of course, we should have order. But you should expect him to do something not ordinary. Even this still morning. So suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind. Sound, sound, sound. If you want quiet Christianity, you're in the wrong place. Yeah. I'm not against being quiet. Of course, we are supposed to be quiet sometimes. Of course. But quiet Christianity doesn't exist. It's not Christianity. Loud Christianity is real Christianity. I'm not talking about just shouting. Because some, some, someone is just shouting. That's all they have. Power is not just shouting. You may have some physical power to shout. You might have a voice like me. You can shout. But there's no reality behind it. But if you follow Christ Jesus and you have received the anointing, when you are shouting, I mean, it's your action in your daily life, show people that you are a follower of Jesus Christ. Yeah. Amen. Amen. So it happened like a violent, violent wind. I mean, I'm from a small island in the Baltic Sea. I'm a former professional fisherman's family. I have seen violent winds. No, I haven't seen the wind, but I've seen the work of the winds. Roofs are blown out of off the houses. Big trees are down. I mean, it's violent. I tell you, sometimes the anointing and the Holy Spirit and the power of the Holy Spirit is some kind violent. No, at least in church, don't be violent. <laughs> it's not me being violent. Sometimes he has to be violent because he hates the work of the devil. Yeah. Yeah. Some, one time, I, I remember a crusade in Africa, I became very violent. I didn't plan for it. It just so happened there was a guy, a man, he, every day he was, I mean the demons was, was so violent and we cast out the demons and finally he came and he wanted to testify and he was in the line of many people who wanted to testify and when he came over to me to testify all the, all the demons entered into him again and he became, he became so wild. So without, I'm not telling you to do it. I'm not telling you to, to do it, not at all. But out of the blue or wherever it came from, with my fist, I knocked him down in the name of Jesus. I hit his stomach and boom. I mean, you could count to eight, even 15. He was dead. 
I suddenly looked, did I do it really? At least, no, his, his heart was still pumping. He was still breathing. I said, thank you, Lord. And uh, you know, the care of all the pastors, they came and, and they wanted to do something. I said, Leave me alone. Go to your seat. The Holy Spirit is enough. So I left him for a while. Finally, he woke up. And I was scared if he knew that I punched him. Don't repeat it. No, 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 no. I only did it one, one time. So I, I asked him questions. And, and here, it, it's amazing stuff. He never recognized I punched him. Never. When he woke up, all the demons was gone. A violent win. Don't think that Jesus is nice to the devils. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. And we have to continue here. And, and what then happened? Fire on their heads. Fire. Uh, and, and then what happened? They left the upper room. They went out in the streets of Jerusalem. Testifying and preaching. And praying for people. Listen, 3,000 people got saved in one day. And baptized in water one day. How could this happen? Because... <laughs> That's connected power to the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit, when you receive the, the Holy Spirit, the power is not for your enjoyment. The power is for the world. Yeah. And if the world don't come to the church, you have to go to the world. And you are anointed because you know Jesus. You have the same spirit as Jesus had. The Holy Spirit. You have the same power as Jesus had. That's why Jesus said, go ye out and preach the gospel for everyone. Signs will follow. When you lay hands on the sick, they will recover. For whom? For the missionaries? No, 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 no. Only for the missionaries. For the believers. You can do it. And if you want to, to try to practice it, you will be amazed. It is working. It is so powerful. Thank you. Amen. Amen. Do you know about Jesus? So, I have to continue tonight. I start to get hungry myself. But at least I'm working for it. You're not working for it. So, so, so. <laughs> Hannah and I came to Shreveport, Louisiana for the very first time. Never been there. But it started in New Orleans with Pastor Frank Bailey. Every time we came to New Orleans, he said, oh, I have to introduce you to Pastor Sam Carr in, in Word of Life Center, Shreveport. He's very mission-minded. Every year he told the same story. And his pastor tells me the same story. Year after year, I get tired of it. <laughs> so one day, I mean, I became bold. I said, Pastor Frank, every year you're talking about Pastor Sam Cohen's report. You have to introduce me to him. Why are you just talking? Why are you never doing anything? I've never been to Shreveport. I don't know any, anybody in Shreveport. Only you can do it. Do it. <laughs> so he did we went up to Freeport for a Saturday night Saturday night service 
amazing day. I mean, it's a party day, weekend. And so some hundred people came to the service, and, and I, I finished my preaching, and I didn't give an altar call. I just felt the Holy Spirit was leading me. I, I went down, and uh, I just blessed someone, prayed for someone. I didn't know. I never been there. didn't know anyone. So I felt a drawing, drawing. The Holy Spirit can draw you. If you have the Holy Spirit, he will draw you, give you direction. He was drawing me over here, over here, over here. And there was a tall guy with a big beard standing. Never seen him before. So I went over to him. His eyes was closed. I can't remember if I touch him. And then, boom, he was on the floor. No catchers. And the reaction of the church was, you killed him. <laughs> it was awkward. I didn't know what was going on. But the name of the guy is Don Smith. I didn't know. He's a veterinarian. He has his own business. But he had an accident. He destroyed his back. He, had, he has plates and screws and bolts in his back. He was stiff. Even he couldn't see his toes. But the worst part was the pain. He was constant in pain. He had a fluid pump, morphine pump. Pumping fluid in to his body. Maximum. And still in such pain. And everybody in church knew Don Smith. Because they were praying for him all the time. Then the wild, white African is coming and knocking him down on the floor. Killing him. <laughs> but I didn't know. And I'm glad I didn't know. Because when you don't know, there's no pressure. And he was down there for a very long time. It was a kind of service. There was no ending to it. So slowly, slowly, people were just leaving, leaving, leaving. Finally, Pastor Sam uh, told us, we are leaving too. The next morning, very early, we took a flight back to New Orleans, Sunday morning. So we didn't know what happened. He was on the floor for over an hour. The guy with the key, he had to wait for him. To wake up. And finally when he woke up Dan Smith. He became crazy. He was jumping all over the church. Running and jumping. Over the pews. Everywhere. Now he could bend. The doctors never took out the bolts. And the pins. And the screws. And the plates in his back. They are still there. But he is bending over. And then he recognized the pain is totally gone. So the next morning he came to church. And he showed the whole church. He didn't kill me. <laughs> and now. now I, I know. I know. I, I don't want to go too long. You know. I still gone too long. I have to close. But then. Because he is an honest man. Because he had an insurance, you know. Because of the accident, he got a lot of money. And every month, a paycheck. So now he's going back to the doctor. Telling the doctor, look at me. Jesus healed me. Please make a statement to the insurance company. I want to go back to my business and work. I'm healed. Then the doctor looked at him and said, no, no, no. People like you can't get healed. So I can't make that statement. So, he walked over to the insurance company and said, you know me. Every month you send me money. I don't want your money anymore. I want to go back to my business. I want to work. Look at me. I'm healed. Jesus healed me. 
then the insurance company says, if the doctor says you can't get healed, you will have to receive the money every month as long as you live. <laughs> How stupid can you be? <laughs> He's begging for it. And he's rejected. And he can't work. If it works, they will take him to court. So he's hiding himself in Arkansas. Together with the rednecks. <laughs> with a small farm. Because he's not allowed to do anything. Suddenly. Could it suddenly be now? Please, please, please stand to your feet. Could it suddenly be now? The same spirit, the same power, the same anointing. If you need that surprise that suddenly, I know it's, yeah, we've been going two hours. Two hours. What is two hours? It's, every day is 24 hours. If you need that suddenly to happen to you, I believe your faith connected to our prayer will release the suddenly. I woke up this morning and I, I do get tired too. I mean, being on the road, I don't know how many different beds I've been sleeping in for the last six weeks and so many hotel rooms and it's difficult even to remember the number of the room. Packing and unpacking and driving and flying. And so I woke up and I opened my Facebook there's a guy from Shreveport, no, New Orleans. I prayed for him last Sunday in the service. He asked me the question, where's the Celebration Church? Because there's another one in New Orleans. He thought I was there. He wanted to come and attend. So I had to answer him, no, it's in, in Ohio, Akron. Then he said, Pastor, I, I didn't know he was sick. But he has been sick, I was told, after I prayed for him. He said, since you prayed for me, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I'm doing good. That suddenly can, can happen when our faith can, uh, is joined together. And, and he will pull out of his spirit and his power will touch you when we pray. So if, if you are the one who need that suddenly to happen, that surprise, surprise, godly surprise, I want you to come down to the altar and we'll pray together. Just now, just now, just now. And if you don't leave, you go and eat lunch. But just now, be bold. If you need it that suddenly, whatever it is, whatever it is, whatever it is, I mean, if I start to talk about the suddenly all that God has done for us is amazing upgrades we are flying we are traveling all of the upgrades to first class I mean suddenly you meet a person behind the counter in the airport I don't know the person but the person knows me oh pastor where are you flying today I'm going there and this suddenly happen blessings happen healings happen Good stuff happens. Good things. Whatever you are, you are in need of. Nothing is too big. Nothing is too small. Nothing is impossible. Glory to God. And as we pray, let us worship. Let us worship. Let us worship. In the name of Jesus. All of you, lift your hands and worship God. 
Thank you for joining the Celebration Podcast. For more information, visit ccacron.org or call us at 330-762-7458. You can also download the Celebration app from iTunes or the Android store. With my father, it's so hard.